Sometimes you might feel trapped between the right and the left. No one listens when you say taxation is theft. I never got to film the raccoon. But there's a place where people know harsh government brings tears. Fuck the podcast. Okay, all right, here we go. Friends against government. Because have you ever seen a squirrel just kind of do its thing? I don't know what that means, man. Friends against government. Ah. They're your uh, yeah, I think, I think we're still living down in that dark, dark cave watching those dark, dark shadows. Yep. Unfortunately, more fortunately, you know. Um. I'm just eyeballing these. This is the first time I've ever had to do the recording from because we're using Zencaster now. So I'm just eyeballing these uh, microphone levels. So hopefully it's decent. You sound all right. I mean, I'm okay. on a fucking headset because I'm poor. Yeah. So like, right. I, I don't and get, know. And getting poorer, hopefully, right? I, I'm trying. Yeah. I just, I just keep, keep, I keep on keeping my job. Yeah. That's my, been... my, my side business. <laughs> Super frustrating. Yeah, your side business, <laughs> your side hustle of doing actual stuff. Um, yeah, so I guess we're here. Uh, we're we're here. This is this is this is kind of a fun episode because I haven't we, like a long time ago. And I think we did one, Aaron, before you were kind of like a full time cast member of this shit show, uh, like late night recording. But it's it's not super late, but it's dark out, and I feel like I feel like it brings something to the vibe. Yeah, it brings. Uh... This is getting close to my bedtime vibe and uh yeah horniness. Yeah, exactly. It's like the, the blood flows in different spaces yeah. throughout the day. Yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> uh so for for uh everyone listening, Birdo is stuck in the middle of that goddamn hurricane, which have you heard them pronounce this hurricane's name on the news? Um I just know that it's a very urban name. I I've already forgot it. Okay. I, yeah. You know. I, I I don't remember how they, cause it looks like it's spelled Isaiah and that's how I had always read it. And then I was, I was, I had the news on when I was working this morning and, uh, they just kept it. They, it was like nine syllables. It wasn't, it was crazy, but at any rate, <laughs> uh, knocked out bird's power bird is in the, in the cave again with the, with the shadows and who knows what kind of mental state, uh, that's going to provide us on the, on the back, on the back side of this event. Um, but so bear with us, I guess today we're going to do a little, we're doing a little bit of a stopgap. Um, <clears throat> but I think there's a lot to cover and, uh, and we've got a lot in the works. So I, once again, you don't have I to build it up. This is going to be pure filler. It's going to be pure <laughs> filler. Just a lot of ums, Look, a lot of kicking it back on, to the other right? guy. <laughs> <laughs> Did well, you the, not, are you not the whole thing's in shambles? <laughs> it just all breaks down without bird we figure bird out is a real podcaster is. bird is the very toxic glue that binds this whole thing together <laughs> it's quite possible it's quite possible um or alternatively this could be the launching point for us to finally cut the bird loose get him out of here Fucking oh man make a good podcast. it'd be fucking amazing if this got like two hundred thousand views <laughs> oh I mean, yeah that'd be super <laughs> Actually, are you I not getting just this like it would yeah, be terrible it would be awful. Yeah, I think I think we said that on the very first podcast you came on, which was like pod, like episode number five or something like that. Yeah. 
Like, bro, what if this just blew up to like a million people and we're like, we're like, that would be not. awful. No. Lose my Are you not job getting anything? instantaneously. Are you not getting, uh, yeah, <laughs> like we, I up, I click, like I upload the episode and at that very same moment you get an email. <laughs> Just a pink slip, like, right. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, are, are you not getting anything from this hurricane or what's the scoop? So it absolutely destroyed like Western mass and it just missed us. We got like a band from it, like a little arm reaching out. It went by us and it rained pretty bad for probably an hour or so mm-hmm. and uh the wind is still here it's still really windy out but i mean i haven't gotten any calls about down power lines or outages or anything like that yeah well it's good dodge the bullet bird didn't i know um, it, like my my worst fear in in my job is having to it's called the main switch gear um yeah. every building usually has three main switch gears and they're like a few hundred or a thousand plus amps and uh dealing with them especially when you know that they haven't been updated or probably even looked at since like the 70s um that's that's my worst fear yeah dude fucking around with electrical shit electrical shit like fucks my world up man i don't it's it's fun and it's easy until it you know until you add in the human factor until it's lethal and bad. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, this is how it works in theory, but imagine if nobody's touched it in 40 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God, man. I uh, I just had a I had to replace like a light switch in my house. This isn't a very interesting story, but uh, I had to, and I was just putting it off and putting it off. I, I didn't have a light in my bathroom for like probably four months. Um, because Jesus. I just didn't want to fuck around with it <laughs> and uh finally did it and I was like I was like there and I rewired it because my house is like from the 80s so it's not like super old but it's old enough where like you know cutting all the power and then like getting my fingers in there I'm like yeah I don't know what the hell's gonna happen here uh but I so I I took the switch out swapped the new switch in and I'm there and I'm like all right well I'm not gonna flip this switch with my bare hands because god knows if i wired it right so i'm like there and i'm st- i'm like whacking it with a spatula but like as i'm doing that i just i just tear it right out of the wiring that i screwed into it and i oh dude is anyway long story short i got it got it fixed everyone everyone can calm down i got the bathroom light fixed but yep line in and neutral that's the only thing you could fuck up you have two lines in and out yeah <laughs> that's true that's true so, uh, Aaron, you got any, I have seen a couple posts, but, uh, you got any more insights from your, <laughs> from your, uh, escapades in anarcho communism? Um, yeah, I mean, I've just been, I I've noticed that it's been spreading a little bit and I'm, I'm liking it. Like I know, uh, yeah. Pete's Pete's been picking I, up on it. A little I was bit. about to say Pete. Yeah. Ace. Yeah. 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 I've seen Ace do it a little bit too. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's it is pretty funny. It is pretty funny. Yeah, and it's exactly the results you'd expect. It's they just have nothing to say. Yeah. A- after arguing with like anarcho capitalists in an in an ANCAP thread, you come at them as an ANCOM or you come at them as a Marxist Leninist, and then they suddenly stop after yeah. days after a day long thread of like vicious back and forth. Right. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I love it. Yeah, man. I'm I've certainly been loving it. I've been loving that on the old timeline. I've been loving a lot of stuff on the old timeline recently. It seems like we, uh, uh, 
like I, I think I pointed this out not too long ago, but we're starting to really hit that fever pitch in the months before an election for all the normies that give a shit about the election. Like they're kind of getting riled up yeah. and then combine that with all of the bullshit that's going on now. It's, it's starting to get just, it's man, we're kicking it up a not, I mean, we're, we're, we're going to be at volume 12 possibly. I, I hope so. Like I, yeah. It's it's such a like people say that oh 2020 sucks and it's the worst year ever. No, it isn't. This is the best. Yeah, like, I do. I so you are agree. living I in so history agree. right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's our job to meme it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like whatever little part you can do to just fuck shit up more. I mean, that's that's what it's all about. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's the there's there's been some like inconveniences that has that been pretty bothersome to me, but by and large, you know, I don't know. It's been pretty fucking fun. And like it's so funny to see like normies kind of get radicalized. Like even if they don't radicalize in the way that I want them to get radicalized, like just yeah, no. normies going nuts is always kind of funny to watch. Like it's yeah. kind of sick, I guess. But to see the transition between like, okay, I'll accept incremental reform and we need to Right. We, we really need to work within the system to fix it to like, you know what, just burn it all down. And I, I, I hope that everybody disagrees with me dies. Like right. I, that's, that's the transition I love. I know, man. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. It's funny, man. Uh, like down here, I kind of have my haunts, you know, and, and uh, <clears throat> it feels like, and I don't know if this is how it is up there, but uh, there are, it's, it's almost, not geographically, but like physical location wise, starting to split up between the uh, reasonable people and the non-reasonable people. And, uh, and like, like, so there's, I have my dive bar that's like, uh, that I can walk to for my house, you know, soup, you know, cheap, like local community, um, just a great meeting point for kind of like a lot of the community that I live in and they got shut down, but the owner owns a different joint, uh, you know, a little bit further away, but I go down there every now and then. And, uh, and again, you know, pretty cheap and just good hangout spot. And, uh, and it just feels like there's, you know, every other time I go there, I'll notice these are super like regular bars. Like they're, they're for regulars. That's that. I mean, it's like, they're really classic townie bars. Yeah. They're townie bars. It's almost more of like a local gathering point than it is a bar bar. You know I mean? They serve alcohol, but it's like a community center in some weird (laughs) way. They'll have a town hall meeting. (laughs) Yeah, dude. I mean, (laughs) damn near. Well, they'll, they'll organize shit for, for the community. Like at, you know, at these places. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so I, so I, I've been going down to the other one and it seems like every other time I'm there, I'm seeing new faces. And, you know, you'll overhear conversations or you'll just talk to people because that's, you know, how it is at, at these kinds of joints. Like everybody's kind of talking to everybody. And I mean, I swear there were, you know, you watch the progression of people coming in like kind of hesitant and like they they haven't been out and stuff like that. They've got a mask on. They're looking fearful, like Bambi leg to come up to the door. And then and then, you know, over the course of time, they realize like, oh, my God, all of these people have been coming here the entire time and nobody's died. And they're like, you know, and then they'll come with the mask down around their neck. And then later you'll see them without a mask at all. And then they're hugging people. Like it's like a really interesting, uh, interesting progression uh, to see. And like, so like people have started to congregate around certain areas, like our volleyball league, like our volleyball facility has started to more and more people are coming out. 
um, and all of these locations where people were just clearly just not giving a shit about any of this. Um, they're starting to pack out and it's like a physical representation of, you know, the minds being changed almost like, and, and even if they're not changed, maybe they're just becoming fed up. Yeah. No, I, but. I see that too. Only for me, it's more location based. Like the town that I live in was hit really hard. It was like number four highest cases in the state at one point. Oh, geez. So everything's pretty masked up here. And, um, you know, you don't see people freaking out about it. You still see pe- some people walking down the street, no mask. Some people in like in my building, I, I, I work in the town that I live in. Even in my building, people are pretty relaxed about it. But um, like if you go into like a store or like a corporate office or something, it's like masks. And if, if you don't have one, then you'll get you'll get a good hard look at least a few times before yeah. somebody talks to you. Um, whereas when I go visit my family in a more rural town, like this, basically nothing but cranberry bogs and like a town center with a townie bar, um, nobody gives a fuck. Right. Right. It's, it's a completely different world. It's like, it's not happening. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's fucking wild, man. And I, I'm still just, God, I, I, you just step back and you're like, what the fuck is going on? I mean, I, you know. I'll tell you what's oh, going on. It's fucking control, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I, I tell, I tell people, I, I like, I tell people at work all the time. Like, look after November, this will all be done. <laughs> like this will be over think, after you, November. Okay. So do you, do you think it's domestically controlled? Um, yeah, I think a lot of it's just because it's an election year, man. And they're not going to, not going to let a good tragedy go to waste. Yeah. Man. Maybe, maybe I, I can't shake the China thing. Like I just can't get it out of my mind. Uh, but I don't know if there's any, any merit to it, but I, I will say this, like th- this is something that I, that, that I've been thinking about is like, you know, when, when like a good quarterback comes into the league from college and, uh, and has like a stellar four games and then somebody just figures him out and like he, his career just dies. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like if this wasn't controlled outside of the United States. And I know that when I say that, like, a lot of these organizations are the lines between countries are, are non-existent type thing. So I get yeah. that this is a little bit sloppy, but like in a, a, a non-domestic attack, you know, China, Russia, whatever, you know, your usual suspects, the playbook's out. Like oh, just absolutely. do this, <laughs> you know, um, foment domestic, um, domestic say there's domestic. a virus. <laughs> yeah. Say there's a virus and, and everybody will freak out again. Like uh, it's, pretty terrifying actually yeah it's gonna be but, it's gonna be an interesting next few months yeah man yeah and i guess what are we august september october what three three months away are they even what, what are they even doing debates uh they're trying really hard not to i saw this hilarious thread it was like um everybody thinks that it's it's conservative saying like oh Biden, Biden shouldn't debate. Biden doesn't want to debate because he knows that he can't complete a sentence or whatever, which is probably true. But, um, and then it turns out that like, no, like the people that started that whole, like they should just skip the presidential debates has actually been like more so on the left because Biden can't complete a sentence. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? It, it would uh, be Trump amazing. I, I really hope they do the debates. Me too. Just because Me last too. 
the last like last elections debates were so off the chain. Like I I don't think I've laughed as hard at the, at at anything else. Yeah, man, it was pretty great. It was like comedy great. wise, it was fucking a plus. It was, it was. I I would be looking forward to that this. I, it's I have I have bridged that gap. I think uh, listeners of a longer time of this show will remember that I was a little bit hesitant about kind of having fun at the expense of Joe Biden just because I felt that he was suffering dementia, which I still think he is. But yeah. I think at this point, I kind of get a hall pass because of all the COVID shit. And I don't know why that makes sense, but it makes sense to me in my mind. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm yeah. right there with you. It doesn't right, make sense to me, but I, I will defend yeah, you to death. <laughs> all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking is podcast <laughs> unity. Podcast unity. That's, that, was a, that, was a, uh, that was like kind of like feeler lob pass to see where you were standing between me and Bird. Just, yep. just make sure. Just... No, I'll I'll fall on the sword for you. For Bird, I'm I'm okay. not lifting a finger. <laughs> no. I'm I'm throwing him under the bus, backing over his head and peeling out. <laughs> and then just throwing him right back in the cave. <laughs> throwing him right back down yep. into the dirt. <laughs> I wonder what he's doing, man. I wonder what he's doing without power in Queens. He's he's probably reading and getting even more agitated. Yeah. Maybe getting high. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's probably run the gamut now, because I mean THC vape is a gateway drug. That's true. He's probably That's on true. math. He's, he might already be. He's just running the bases. He's hitting for the cycle tonight. <laughs> Next episode is going to be about his his recovery from heroin addiction. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be. He's gonna be podcasting from the uh, rehab center. <laughs> <laughs> the real, and it's gonna be named the cave. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a puppet in the cave, man. <laughs> Podcasting from solitary confinement. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, did you uh, did you see this Beirut shit? Yes, and that is it's it's like another perfect instance of I'm not saying shit until I've heard anything. Exactly, like, like I, that dude getting shot at the protest, and everyone's like, yeah. He was a he was a fucking dirtbag, fucking commie, and he deserved to get shot. The other, then it, then it was like, oh no, he was a boog boy, and the guy that shot him was a cop, and like, uh, I'm not I'm not commenting on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna ask you to though. Um. All right. I'll <laughs> now I'm gonna die. Well, for uh, yep. sure, I know that right. this was <laughs> L- line up those swords for me to fall on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh do you, i i don't i don't get the feeling and this sounds insane but i don't get the feeling that this was nefarious i feel like it was accidental just say it you don't get the feeling it was israel <laughs> you can tell me it's okay <laughs> i'll just leave it out <laughs> it was the <laughs> <laughs> We seem to have lost our audio for a second. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Must be that yeah, hurricane. Yeah, it wasn't the hurricane. <laughs> oh shit, man. Do you, I, I mean, I, I don't know. It did be. It just felt like for what purpose? Almost like like for for. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I know it's best to to a- keep keep the apparently shut, some but... political figure got killed in it. Is that right? Yeah. That seems like a really sloppy way to kill, kill a political <laughs> <laughs> Blow up 10 blocks. <laughs> God, 5 million pounds of ammonium yeah. sulfate or whatever the fuck. <laughs> With surgical precision. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure a political figure's dead. I'm sure a number of other people are dead too. I, I, I bet uh, if you look through them, you could find some real, you know, some real head scratchers. Yeah, there's a lot of shit going on in the Middle East. They got a uh, oh yeah, those protests. In <laughs> that's Jordan. our that's the end of the report for the fat guys. Yeah, there's a lot of shit going on in the Middle East. <laughs> the end. The, all right, keep two hands on the Since this is a filler episode, you could literally just have this be on at any point in time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Yep, there's some protests going on. Uh, place got bombed. Our president's an idiot. Yeah. Uh, God. Uh, I, I mean, do you have do you have any like inklings on it? Do you think because I, I saw you know the, well, the the first like tweets from the Lebanese government or whatever saying it was fireworks. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's one of those things that I, I would prefer to wait on. But, you yeah. know, if I had to have an opinion, I would say it was definitely like a Mossad <laughs> thing. <laughs> Do you remember the people that Karl Marx was talking about? <laughs> it might have been some uh, rootless cosmopolites. <laughs> uh fuck man yeah that that was that was insane man that video is that video is wild oh that's, yeah all uh, of them there's there's a few of them and it's like yeah no there's yeah there's a million they're they're getting pieced together you know on social media and stuff like that which is which correct i mean you know we talk about it all the time the power of social media and the power of like just this globalized whatever it is 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 crazy because you know that happened not only did it happen but we have you know in 1995, that wouldn't you, you in for I'd almost venture most of our lifetimes, Aaron. Yeah, that sort of footage immediately is it would be completely infeasible. Yeah, or I mean right. the the volume of footage that there is. Yeah, you I mean see like the volume or two. of high definition footage from all angles immediately assembled for your consumption. You know, and I say immediately within the day. And the only time that there would be footage was if it was pre-planned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, we we got all of uh, this this footage, but we've also uh, confiscated all of these cameras. And you'll <laughs> see that wasn't that like something weird about like uh, on nine eleven, like a bunch of like uh, businesses had security cameras around the Pentagon and stuff like that, and they like they like confiscated all their security footage. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, it's like the Boston Marathon bombing, too. They went house to house, like, taking people's God, guns yeah. and making sure that they didn't have any footage. And Yeah. Golly. I mean, yeah. That, that, that stuff, like, I, I, it's so hard not to start kind of, like, inching towards a, a really conspiracy mindset on some of that stuff, if for no other reason than the federal reaction. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, it, and it wasn't even me that first had that thought. It was actually my brother, who who had was What's your thinking about. With your What's your relationship with your brother? Is he like on the Liberty train or like? Um, he he is, but he's where I was at when I was in the Navy. He's like okay. more of kind of a normie libertarian. Like, he, is he younger? Yeah, he is. Mm. Um, but he's he's currently active duty. Um, oh, okay, and. Like just like the first year he joined, he's like, "Oh, this is fucked up." Like, yeah, like, I'm. He, he saw. I mean, he sees the same shit I do. Just the sheer amount of money swirling around that doesn't really do anything or go anywhere. And yeah. Like, 
Or and and when it does go somewhere, it's usually for something that he doesn't agree about. Yeah. And, um, right. So like he's kind of where I was at, where like he doesn't really like it, but he likes his particular job, and yeah. he likes the fact that he's able to like put put bread on the table. Sure. Which is how oh, yeah. I was for a while until you know I got the opportunity to you know not. I mean, I shouldn't say to get out and not starve because I was definitely homeless. But it, to me, it was like a value proposition. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To us too, Aaron. To us yeah. too. Still is. <laughs> yeah. And, and we're always, you know, we're always ready to throw chips on the table, praying that uh, your luck turns around. Yeah. I know who uh, not to call if I ever need a place yeah. to stay. <laughs> and that's any of our listeners. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you will receive no help. <laughs> you can sleep on the sidewalk across the street from my house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we can Don't come any closer than the curb on the other side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> we might let you in if you want to record with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just seconds before the recording, they allow you in, and then you get booted out right, right after. <laughs> Oh man, I don't know what else. Uh, what else we got going on around the world? What's um, on your mind? What's on? Oh, um, just uh, I mean, I guess just if I, I wanted to get into like the, and I know I, I hit on it last episode, but mm-hmm. I th- I think there's some utility to reading Lenin for anarcho, for, you know, the bot the bottom right quadrant um me and pete were talking about this a little bit in dms and yeah um, yeah yeah. and and we were just talking about a second ago the difference between like your normie libertarians that just want like incremental reform the joe jorgensen voters and all that shit um right versus the people that want radical change um i'm starting to grow even more tired of like the incremental reform slash normie voter Mm -hmm. people from all, from all points in the spectrum. Not. Yeah, man. It's just it for, for the libertarian side. And I know that there's not that some people that listen to this disagree with it. And I don't say it with disdain or or malice or anything like that, but I just, I, I feel like it's a waste of time, like a gigantic waste of time. Yeah. And, um, uh, Pete gave, Pete sent me this uh, article by Mencius Moldbug, which I know isn't really a friend of libertarianism, but he's definitely got he's definitely an interesting dude and um, has some interesting ideas. Um, he in the article compares like the modern day Mensheviks and Bolsheviks, like what that looks like today, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's definitely worth a read. I can I can link it, or I I, I can DM you and you can link it in the show notes. But, um, you know, I, if, if our listeners had to separate themselves into Mensheviks and Bolsheviks today, um, I would, I would probably say, can you give me a primer? Can you give me a primer on what the, what, what those two groups? So, and I'm, and I, I know Bird's going to listen to this, um, and he can, he can offer a lot more insight than I can, but the Mensheviks. Right. And I'm, and I'm actually. Where, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that you screw up a little bit too, and that'll. I know, yeah. Bit. So I have to issue a yeah. correction. That's why. I, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, during on. the Russian Revolution, the Mensheviks were more of the 
moderate reform types like they 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 up until the very end really did not want to overthrow the czar they wanted to work within the system and fix it whereas the bolsheviks wanted to replace the system okay do away with it and replace it out with the old and with the new um and like you you can see that attitude today in libertarianism you have more, the more revolutionary types and you have the more incremental reform types the mensheviks and it's i i would firmly plant myself more on the bolshevik side but the thing with the bolsheviks is like now is not the time to like do anything like the the system is what it is like there's that's it it all like this is the time to just i don't know wait prepare and like just go with it not get in trouble pretty much yeah i mean i get that i get that feeling i know it's frustrating to a lot of people but particularly recently i i get the feeling now there there are people in the libertarian community uh there's a whole lot of people in the libertarian community i think that don't think that we can ever get a win um and that every step by central power structures etc was the right one and I don't think that's true. I just think that's counter to, you know, humanity. I'm of course they fucked up, fuck up, uh, you know, occasionally. Um, they have a lot more room for error, uh, being that they are the power structures in control. Um, but I, I cannot shake the feeling that this COVID shit was a misstep. And I think I was talking to Eric Laprice uh, on his show, um, the Anarchist Garage, you know, really early on with the COVID stuff, I. So here, this, here's a thought that I was having today. When, when you, you know, if you if you view basically government, I'm going to use some broad terms just to hasten getting to my point because I don't care to you know uh, litigate all the rest. But you know, government power structures, etc. They're basically looking. The people within them are looking for a free ride. Whether it's acknowledged or not, they're looking for a free ride. That's mm-hmm. what they're after. I, you know, that's that is the deal. They're they want to have people work for them, essentially, um, and not produce anything valuable and have value given to them. Um, and if you look at something like, let's say, um, you know, and they're always lo- looking to to increase that the the amount that they're free riding, basically. Uh, and and distributing that amongst their friends, and if you look at say something as simple as the invasion of Iraq or or or, or the war on terror more generally, mm-hmm. that's outside of the United States bounds, and it's relatively controllable because the war the the terrorists represent almost no existential threat to America. I mean, by any stretch, could they attack? Yeah, sure. I mean, they get attacked, but in terms of just an existential threat, existential threat to the people in power drawing value from workers um you know they don't the terrorists don't don't like represent any threat to that uh relationship um and so when you go when you go and initiate something like the war in iraq or the war war on terror and, and and all of that uh rolled into one it's relatively controllable because you know that the the ill effects from it aren't gonna really bite you in the ass and if things get a little bit too rowdy at home, you can always ease off the, the gas pedal. Um, but something like this, 
is so crazy because their govern these government structures are putting in them in a position where they're responsible for their decisions in a way, like not directly, but there's a limit here um, to like, if you're going to prevent people from working and you have to support them, like they're not going to let them die. Well, they, they'll let some die for sure. Uh, they don't care about them, but they care about the free ride. Um, and also, you know, there is always that threat of like, you know, Gaddafi can tell you that uh, there is a, a point at which you can't push that far. Yeah. Um, and it seems like this whole thing, because of its domestic nature um, and because of already really, really precarious economic situation, they have weirdly handcuffed themselves into like a bizarre, um, very, very potentially costly uh situation i mean do, do you get that feel like do you see what i'm saying um i do um with what you're saying before like we don't see very much wins um yeah i guess like going back to our disillusionment our growing disillusionment especially with this whole covid19 thing like i think we have to reevaluate what constitutes a win like is Trump okay. getting reelected to own the libs a win anymore? Yes, right. for the short term, for for entertainment purposes, yes. Sure. Um, but I, I mean, like you said, there's there's really no way out of this. I mean, they're they're really going. I think I think, and feel free to prove me wrong, and I I hope I do, but I think they're really going to push uh, modern monetary theory, negative interest rates, because they're they can't kick the can down the road forever. And I know we've been saying this for the last, what, how, how long has it been since what? 12 years since 2008. Um, how long, how long can they kick the can down the road? We just printed up more money last month than we have in the last 200 years. Yeah. Like just hit a button on a computer and boom. Like that's how, how, how much longer can we debase the currency? And, I've, I see a thousand people have asked that question and like, here we are. <laughs> no, I know. I know. And that's, that's why I always have hesitation. And I think I was, I always talk with uh, Jacob uh, from tasting anarchy about this. Uh, you know, he lives down here. So we like have lunch every now and then. And I always talk about it, you know, with him about this. And we're, we, every time I feel like this topic comes up and we'll be shaking our heads, looking at each other. And we're like, well, we thought the same thing in 2008, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so that, you know, that's always in the back of my mind, but <clears throat> It is different this time in that, like in 2008, the government was trying to get people back to work. Yeah. Now they've set a precedent where people can't go to work. Yeah. Um, and not just some, like a shitload. Um, and, and also people can't go to work in industries that are Keynesian's dreams, like service industries, you know, spending um, I, I just wonder if they step too far and for themselves, uh, because you can't just unscare people overnight after and, scaring the shit out of them for six months. And when you realize that you made the wrong move and I wonder if they made the wrong move. And like, like pair Byland always says, you can't just hit the pause button on the economy. And they're yeah, really right. trying to do that. They're really pushing it. Like, Oh, we, we need to, we need to bring this lockdown even further than it already is to, I don't, I don't even know if it's about flattening the curve anymore. It's, 
No, it's definitely I, not. I, no, I have no yeah. idea what it's about now, but no, yeah, that's what all, freaks all, me out. All, I, all I've heard is we need to hit the pause button on the economy, but you can't. Like you can't do that yeah. without destroying people's lives. And yeah, I mean the, I I guess for us there's some utility in that destruction and that it's going to push people from being those Mensheviks that want to work to fix within the system to fix it to being those Bolsheviks that want to just replace the system. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's the, that's the other interesting thing is that particularly now with, uh, with technologies that are in place, if somehow, again, this is just a thought experiment and it's, it wouldn't happen in reality, but uh, you know, overnight or within a relatively short amount of time a week or something like that. If people, if, if we did get that um, jump to, to the Bolshevik mindset, you could probably, you know, the market is a, a really powerful thing. You could probably get back on track real quick, oh, especially yeah. if you adopted like a sound money type deal. I mean, it, it's, it's uh, it, it would be remarkable how quick uh, we could not just rebuild, but reject a legacy fl- fl- like flawed system and rebuild a, you know, a strong, demand serving system uh that you know that would be resilient um it's just going to be this it's going to be it's going to be that in between time that's going to be really really tough um and i don't know how long that's going to last but i i do wonder i don't think there's any political inertia for that to happen though as of right now because all you know no no the usual i'm not looking for political yeah i'm not looking for political inertia i'm i'm what i'm looking at is I'm looking at, and I'm already, I'm already seeing this because I do work. Some of my work is with, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm private side, but some, we sell, uh, some products to public side, uh, to low, primarily like local municipalities or mm-hmm. actually almost exclusively to like low, like towns and cities. Um, and you know, I'm already hearing chatter about upcoming budgets and stuff like that. And dude, like, a lot of these people, a lot of these municipalities make their money on sales tax or property tax and people are already defaulting or not paying or, you know, and, and, or, or just paying less because if they're, if it's through sales tax, um, I think there's going to be some real big questions. Like what happens? What happens when you just simply can't finance your sanitary well, sewer or your water or, or, you know, or what what happens then, and and then you the, circle back the, to that I, old tried and true fucking just print more money well d- but but does that happen does the fed come in and save every single local I, municipality that that needs it and then it leads into this question of you know anytime that that sort of thing happens of course it's going to be a huge boondoggle which it was to begin with but there's going to be all sorts of other people you know vying for that money and how much do they decide to print? And that's going to be such an absolutely mind-blowing high number. It will have to be mm-hmm. uh, that I just I can't I can't imagine a situation where they that it I would mean, be sustainable. I I think in their minds there is no ceiling. I mean that's that's what that's what MMT is. There's really no ceiling to the amount of deficit spending that you can do so long as yeah. you control inflation and you know, that's right. where, that's well, where tax but, comes in and whatever. Yeah. But, but, but that's, but that's part, that's part of the problem though, is that particularly in 2008 and 2009, a lot of the inflation and, and since then a lot of the inflation could hide because that inflation, you know, th- that money printing a lot of time was directed at uh, into places that weren't going to be, spent directly into the economy yeah yep. um 
you know, into investments out. like, yeah, investments that, that, that won't bear fruit gonna... for like four or five years or whatever. Right. If where it was just going to sit and not be spent. But if you, if you have to go in and bail out, basically bail out local municipalities and stuff like that, that's going to get spent immediately. Oh yeah. And that, I mean, you are going, the, you, you are probably going to see the effects of monetary inflation and malinvestment and all that and pork barrel projects and all that crap yeah oh and and not to mention just when you're bailing out the you know a lot of the cost of of that these municipalities are incurring is just labor for for operations and maintenance so you're basically just going to be giving people money printed money and what are they going to do with that spend it i mean it's going to go right it's not like it's going into like a hedge fund ledger it's going into people's pockets and they're going to spend it which in, on one hand is like better than going to a hedge fund, I guess, in some ways, but, um, or at least it's more, I mean, I hate to use the word, but like on, like not honest, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not like it has more utility. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe. And, and, uh, but you will see, I mean, I would theorize that you would see that inflation or the results of monetary inflation in higher prices f- fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, and, and not only that, but if you continue to do the, 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 um, Unemployment insurance, like the 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 uh, uh, like souped up unemployment insurance, where you're disincentivizing labor, uh, you're looking at a perfect storm for rapidly rising prices. I I can tell you anecdotally that that six hundred dollar that six hundred dollars a month thing, that yeah kept uh, two of two of my close friends and two members of my family held off on submitting job applications were told to by the people that were looking to hire them, just hold off until that runs out. Why, why, why start working now? Yeah. And yeah. Like, it's, it's insane. And I'm not here and I'm not here blaming them. I mean, no, don't hate the player, hate the game. You know, I, I, if I were in I'm their shoes, blaming... I'd think the same thing. Like, yeah, you know. fuck, man. Um, but yeah, I, I just, you know, and and everybody always chides you like, oh, yeah, this time's different. You know, like whatever. But it it really does feel like this this is a different beast, and it's way less controllable because because this beast is so domestic rather than a lot of our other gallivanting, which has been non domestic. It's been outside of the borders, um, and you can like on the, with the war on terror or the you know climate or 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 any of these things, you can more or less like kind of. Uh, control the amount of fear through the media more easily because I think people innately understood that they weren't um, directly in the pat, like they weren't going to die tomorrow. Right. Like even the most fierce supporter, like supporters of the war on terror or the the most, the most like um, shrill uh, uh, hysterical people about the war on terror or climate change or this or that, I, do, I think deep down perceive that they are not in danger of dying tomorrow of it. Whereas this you've stoked fear in people to the point where I do think that there is a large number of people in this country that fear that they might die tomorrow or, or, you know, within the next week, or, there is you know, they a large get... number of people who have not like left their house since March. Yeah. I can tell you that yeah. right now. And I, oh my God. Yeah. I have them in my network in my, you know, I have friends that have been that again. I mean, I don't, I don't think I have any friends that are still, essentially in lockdown right now but i have friends that 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 came out to play volleyball with us and and stuff like that relatively late um and again it's like 
on one hand, I want to blame them, but on the other hand, like, man, they were pumping that propaganda through every fucking outlet and the, they had. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think we were talking about it an episode or two ago. Like that's, if I, you are, if you do, if you do believe that those outlets are truthful or, or honest, and a lot of people do living in that fear for six months, that must've been fucking hell. Yeah. Um, I could, again, anecdotally, I know four people that live in suburbs of Boston and their first time going out of their apartment was like less than a month ago. Yeah. That's and, fucking crazy. Like, it's insane. Like they've, they've been in, they've been in their fucking apartment, their little one bedroom fucking apartment for like three and a half months. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. God. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. But I, but what, yeah. So, I mean, do you remember anybody when the war on terror uh, emerged? I mean that, you know, back when we were like, what? It wasn't even that. It wasn't that bad back then. Right. That's what I'm saying. Nobody stayed in their apartment for three and a half months. It was more of an atmosphere of like, yeah fear rather than like yeah people acting on it right nobody 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 like altered their lives no well i mean people join the you know military and stuff yeah. like that but um, i mean out of you know 300 million people in the country it wasn't like people did anything as drastic as staying in their apartment for three yeah, months th- yeah their day-to-day was mostly the same except for the external yeah. things that affected them right I went from I went home from school that day. I do remember that. I, I, we didn't even like we watched you it didn't? on TV in class, and then we're, yeah, we're like well, we don't really know what's going on, so just you know, keep doing your school thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. Yeah, yeah. I remember we went. I, I went home. My parents came and picked me up. Yeah, a lot. A all lot right. of parents came and picked their kids up, and the school's fine with that. But like, you know, you yeah. didn't have to go home if you didn't want to. I I had no clue what was going on, so I was like, oh, whatever. It's just. Some fucking biplane, some like German World War One biplane crashed into a building. That's all I knew. Typical, you know, <laughs> that, that old, that old rag. Because like a week before, there was like a little like Cessna that crashed into a building or something. So it was like, oh, oh wasn't was that pro- the guy that wasn't that the guy that went nuts after the IRS like ordered him like six yeah, times? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and he filled a Cessna full of gas, like put like individual jerry cans, yeah. and flew it into an IRS building. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Yeah, it was it was it was something like that. And like I just thought it was like yeah. that thing again and I'm like, oh whatever. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no biggie. Just, <laughs> just a few planes going down. Nope. No biggie. <laughs> oh god, man. Yeah. That's just like your that normal way. average eleventh of September. Like <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, but I I think uh, I think that there is something fundamentally different there, and, and I think that this is I do I do think that there is a chance that um with their typical attitude of never let a disaster go to waste, and their typical it's almost like muscle memory, right? Like like on a pass and shoot, like you somebody passes you the ball, you catch it, set your feet, take the shot, you know, and you just and that's like a muscle memory thing. Um, and I, and I think there's something to that where they saw a catastrophe emerging in China and the opportunity to exploit and they got past the ball and they just instinctively shot and without thinking about 
how like how are we going to regulate this like how are we going to mitigate fear if we need to mitigate fear how are we going to stoke it if we need to stoke it and of course they know how to stoke it but i don't think that they understood that uh this might get a little bit out of control and i i really think that there's there might be something to that there might there might not be but there might be something in the fact that they just kind of like you know caught the ball and shot it without really thinking through what they were it's what the ultimate plan was it's amazing to me that you can take something that has like a two percent fatality rate an average death age of like 80 and turn it into this like yeah it's it's crazy man that to me like it's I mean, my first, my first thought on that whole thing was this is shock testing. Like this is, yeah, you know, like the, um, what was that book we were talking about? Um, behold a pale horse. Oh yeah. It was like that, that whole shock testing thing where they just see what happened. Like, let's see what'll happen if we, you know, shut down schools or if right. we, you know, inject three trillion dollars into the economy right now like let's just yeah. let's just see what happens and <laughs> that, that was my initial thought but i think i'm kind of getting away from that and i remember the quote like never attribute to malice what you can attribute to stupidity and like that's kind of yeah. where i'm at right now and plus i, like, I really nobody's go ever going to take the blame for this like nobody is no. ever going to step back and say hey we fucked up we're really sorry that's i mean that's they they wouldn't do that if they fucking I don't know got caught with like fucking like weed in their car like nobody's gonna fucking do yeah. that yeah so this is just how it's going to be <laughs> this, so this is how it's gonna be huh yep <laughs> uh yeah it's it does seem I know that there's a there's always a gut reaction to want to say well this has been some planned you know um and and I think maybe to some degree it was. Uh, you know, it can be both. Yeah, maybe um, broadly. Be, yeah, you know, I mean, a, a plan can go awry. <laughs> yes, you know, uh, I'm sure everybody knows. Um, but it certainly does feel, it feels, it doesn't feel coordinated in the same way that when they're hyping up a campaign around, like, you know, how every few years or even months sometimes, like, there is a really coordinated effort to get some gun control legislation passed Yep. or there's some really coordinate coordinated effort to drum up, uh, you know, hysteria for a war in Iran, or there's a really court. And it just feels like, it feels like everywhere you go, you hear the same couple of phrases, the same, but this time, yeah, you, you hear phrases. They're still saying, you know, using the same tactics, but how many times do those phrases change? I mean, we haven't heard flatten the curve in forever, right? Yeah. I mean, it, because it's not that anymore. It, they've had to change so much stuff on the fly and it just feels as if they're as lost as we are that, that it's, it's, you know, complete upheaval and they and and they they don't even really understand and then now and i'm sure just as with any big organization now you have factions within that sense the upheaval and they're like well this might be our time to strike to get a little bit more power within the the greater structure and i i wouldn't necessarily rule out the fact that this is just great upheaval in the power structure um that we kind of understand to be the united states government and they kind of screwed the pooch a little bit and whether they recover or not you know that's a different story but 
I don't know, man, it, it doesn't feel, it doesn't have that same feel as, you know, anytime they're, they're really running for gun control. You, you, you're like, all right, here we go. We're gonna have to weather another three months of hearing about like fucking whatever it is. Um, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like every day you're, it's, there are already people backpedaling and making excuses and counter accusations and stuff like that. In a way, in, in such a way that I, I'm, I'm not ready to, to, uh, chalk it all up to some great master plan. Um, and that also that like what you're talking about also speaks to the fact that, you know, you can be the biggest conspiracy theorist ever. And what you think this power structure is, whether it's like the Illuminati or the beep or, (laughs) or whoever, (laughs) um, they're, they're not a monolith. Like there are, right. The, the the people at the top well, are one of probably them. fight. <laughs> yeah, <there's... laughs> um, <laughs> they're not a monolith, and they 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 have they have squabbles within their ranks, and you're seeing that play out right now. Like you have the highest yeah. you have the highest gun per- purchases, like the highest amount of gun purchases, like in a very long time throughout this whole yeah. COVID thing. And part that yeah. that's partly because of the riots and um, sure. partly because but nonetheless, it's putting more guns on the streets. Yeah. Which would I like, I mean, that's good. Yeah. I like it. And, um, and then I saw, I saw our uh, governor, the Texas governor tweeting out about it, like bragging about it. And I was like, man, that's interesting. Like that, because Abbott, our governor isn't like necessarily, I mean, I don't know all of his policies, but I don't get, I don't get the feeling that, Judging by the lack of, and maybe it's just because it's kind of a red state, but I don't hear people shitting on Abbott, like around Texas, Democrat, whatever. I mean, they may have a complaint here and there, but it's not like hatred, you know, which makes me think that he's probably a pretty milquetoast guy. Yeah. Um, And it's interesting for him to go out there and literally tweet. I saw it earlier today. It was a few hours ago. Um bragging about how many guns have been sold in Texas. Like that's just kind of a bizarre (laughs) political move, you know? And I do, I do wonder, you know, there's a, there's just different lenses you can hold up to the situation and say, okay, how much makes sense in this lens and how much makes sense in this lens. And I do wonder if that's a little bit of a flex against the feds um, and saying, Hey, like there's a lot of guns here. And that may be very wishful thinking from my end, but um, you know, it's just a weird, weird, I think it's a weird, could also be even though he thinks Trump's going to lose. So, you know, the, the right. incoming candidate okay. is not so pro gun. Sure. Right. Could be, be it too. I don't yeah. know. One yeah. of those deals that that's probably also yeah. driving the gun sales too, is, you know, he Trump, yeah. Trump might lose. Like there's a possibility he could lose. And then you yeah. have a, uh, I, I wouldn't say by, I mean, I wouldn't say Biden's like a, a crusader on gun control, but he's definitely like towing the line. I think he'll let other people crusade for him. Oh yeah, absolutely. He won't push back, you know, at all. I don't, or I don't yeah, see that. I'll sign whatever bills come to his desk. Um, Oh, speaking of which New Hampshire, the governor of New Hampshire just uh, vetoed a red flag law. So all you, oh, really? all you free staters up there can breathe easy. Congratulations guys. I mean, they'll still red flag you. They'll just do it for a different reason. They'll still do it, but they won't do it legally. (laughs) (laughs) They'll invent some excuse. (laughs) Uh, 
his yeah, heart's man. in the right place. Uh, yeah, well, it's great. It's great. Is he is he like a libertarian or is he? No, he's uh he's like a moderate Republican. But um, yeah, like the when he so when they veto something, they have to issue a statement and like his uh a couple of his statements like he's vetoed a lot they tried to pass a uh state income tax and like i I forget what he said but like his statement on why he vetoed that was like a fucking like a live like it was live free or die like embodied okay okay cool i don't remember it because i don't have that capacity because i'm not very smart but yeah well, that's not why you're on here, you know. I know. I'm, you're on here as a my my boyish bag. good looks and charm, <laughs> <laughs> and my and my big ass dick, and the it's the big dick. That's what that's what landed you the gig. <laughs> <laughs> Throw my girth around. <laughs> we could we couldn't help but say yes. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think that that'll be watching state governors, especially within the context of the coronavirus uh, debacle and the state election, watching state governors, particularly Republican ones is going to be really interesting. Yeah. Um, And, and particularly ones uh, of states or, or maybe I'll say democratic governors of states that are not necessarily in great financial condition. Um, Not that any state is probably in great financial condition, but um, you know, states that are, that are, struggling or have large segments of, of their population that are struggling because of all this bullshit. That's going to be, that's going to be wild. Yeah. Uh, because they, they're, you know, the rubber hits the road a lot faster for States than it does the feds because the States don't have the printing press. So they have to go lobby for it and watching, you know, if, 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 uh, if Trump wins and new, like the California governor has to go lobby Trump for money for this or that, uh, that's going to be a bad look. And, you know, Trump's going to be <laughs> tweeting all day about it. Absolutely. Same with like, he already the, has. Know, I'm sure, I'm, yeah, yeah, exactly. I like the Illinois governor, Chicago mayor, you know, New York, you know, all, yeah, et cetera. It's all, all these people that we know it's going to be, it's going, and then, and vice versa. If, if Biden wins, um, because people are going to need money, they're going to have to go lobby for money. They're, just, they're not going to have it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much so uh, Massachusetts be- receives for like federal aid. I mean, I know they received some, but I think like my state in particular, because we're kind of a healthcare hub and we have a lot mm-hmm. of, we have like, you know, we're, we're a democratic stronghold. There's a lot of old money here. Um, Massachusetts is kind of an interesting example because we have a Republican governor, but we're also like, we have the most draconian, like next to New York. No, Like if New York is the most draconian, Massachusetts is probably a close second and we have like a republican governor just goes to show like it doesn't fucking mean anything like the the yeah, r or the no. d next to your name doesn't fucking mean anything and the one good thing about the last four years of trump is it's like it's becoming clearer and clearer that like you know the disconnect between you know the a party's platform and their actions and that's another thing yeah. that i hope kind of pushes people towards you know towards being uh towards the bag yeah push towards the bag <laughs> just give them a gentle push into the bag yeah the the bag of uh the, the the bag is revolutionary if you think about it yeah the bolshevik bag <laughs> there's a lot of burning going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's keeping it warm yeah. it's a cold weather bag <laughs> 
Yeah, it could. It very well could, man. I I, I think the next uh, six to eight months are going to be super interesting. Uh, well, I I guess the next three months are going to be super interesting. What is that? Yeah, three to November ish. Is that right? Yep. Um, that'll be that'll be wild. And then and then I, I think what I'm particularly watching after that is just it's just January first, as all of these states are going to have to. And January first, then the uh, the following month or so, like for me, my property taxes are technically levied on January first or December 31st or whatever. And then they're due within the next month. And I'm just, I'm going to be very curious to see how many people are able to pay their property taxes. Absolutely. You know? um, and it's very simple rubber meets the road kind of stuff like that. So I, I by, by February 1st, say, um, I think that a lot of states are going to have a little bit better idea of what the hell they just did. Um, and it's going to hit them in a particular way. Now, I think, I guess a lot of states probably are already experiencing that. I don't know exactly how sales taxes uh, distributed to the, in other words, I don't know if businesses sp- are supposed to send their sales tax in on a quarterly basis or a yearly basis or whatever it is. But Texas, I know relies on sales tax, uh, cause we don't, they don't have a state property or income, hmm. but, um, so maybe they're already kind of seeing what the damage is in real time, or maybe they're not, uh, I, I don't know. Or maybe uh, it's but, being offset yeah. by all these aid packages. Hey, perhaps, perhaps. Yeah. And, and, and certainly the aid package, that, that's the other interesting part about this too, is that the aid packages specifically are going to help sales. I mean, if they are going to directly give people money, um, yeah, that will help sales, which will keep, you know, states like Texas with a relatively low amount of, um, well, I, I, I don't have budgets in front of me, but I, what I, from what I would assume, because I don't have any uh, income other than the sales tax that I'm aware of, I would assume that their their budgetary outlays are relatively low on a per capita basis compared to a lot of their other bluer brethren uh, of the bigger states. Um, I, I I wonder. Well, for, yeah, I mean, I wonder how. I don't know. It's uh. I think for states like Texas, you're going to see a lot of these large corporations that are kind of insulated from these COVID measures like Walmart, for instance, Walmart, Target, like retail, um, all all these um, like fast food restaurants. I think you're going to see a lot of these large corporations coalesce at the expense of, you know, the small businesses that are either on their way out or have already shuttered their doors. Yeah. And I don't know if that's reversible. Yeah. Who knows, man? Because, I mean, these PPP loans are a fucking joke. I saw some guy, like, signed up for one and ended up getting, like, a Lamborghini. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, oh, yeah, they're they're madness. I mean, that's madness. And they're, and they're already talking about, uh, like, PPP loan forgiveness, you know, as we all yeah, do. Yeah, yep. They would. You know, obviously, like, that wasn't even, that was, there was never a question in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, you know, maybe, you know, again, that's where I, I, I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing. Like, if you, if you are going to force businesses to close, like, dude, like, you're going to give them a, like, it, it, it just like, I, I, I don't my inner wondering. Austrian, where I'm like, oh, you're <laughs> yeah. printing up free money. And then you're like, oh, well, there's, there's the malinvestment. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I don't know. We got anything else before we wrap this one up? Just uh, stack sats and print gats and go fuck yourself. Keep two hands on the wheel. Oh!